have to get the last of the communion bread swished down my throat so I can talk. Well, it's Thanksgiving week, a week that we look forward to for turkey and dressing and mashed potatoes and gravy and, oh, the Sunsetters had that yesterday for lunch and it was delicious. I came across an article that had appeared in the Chicago Tribune a few years ago, and the author of the article talks and reminds us of just how very richly blessed we are here in the United States of America. But sometimes we forget, don't we, how blessed we are. Let me read you part of that article. The author says, in America, we live better than kings. Most of us are far healthier, far more comfortable, and have far more opportunities and diversions available to us than 99% of all the monarchs, emperors, and other potentates who have ever lived. We live longer, we eat better, We travel farther than the richest and most blessed people in virtually every other generation in every land in history. But we tend to forget this, just as we forget to savor the blessings of family, friendship, freedom, and faith. And so, as a reminder, he says, I offer my stuff of things to be thankful for. I thought maybe Dick had found the same article this morning, but I have a few more. Actually, the author has a few more. Here are the things that he says we need to be thankful for. Automobiles, electricity, flush toilets, electronic ignition gas stoves, refrigerators, microwave ovens, hot water heaters, Central heating systems controlled by programmable thermostats. Alarm clocks that begin beeping softly and then get louder. (laughs) Energy-saving LED lights that don't burn out for years. Cruise control, digital photography, voicemail, Velcro, no iron dress shirts and no stained khakis. Shoes that are broken in when you buy them. Clothes dryers that shut off using moisture sensors. The availability of good coffee and warm fast food sandwiches. Post-it notes, SpyBot, Adware, soap pumps, carbon monoxide detectors, cordless drills, phones, and weed whips. No-lick stamps, bifocals without lines, affordable jet travel and touch screens. Calculators so inexpensive you throw them away rather than replace the batteries. Overnight mail. Really clean, good water at the touch of a tap. Cell phones, blogs, Twitter accounts, double-pane windows, titanium golf clubs, coaster frisbees, surgical lasers, anesthesia, penicillin, dulcolax, strings of holiday lights... Strings of holiday light. Now we know who's had colonoscopies, don't we? Yes, yes. But aren't you glad for Dolcalax? <laughs> Strings of holiday lights that don't go dark when one of the bulbs burns out. 
flat, mantle, flat panel monitors, inline skates, direct deposit, automatic bill pay, Kindles that read the books to you, public libraries, airbags, instant replay, mulching mowers, and especially, finally, suitcases on wheels. Then the list goes on, doesn't it? And so often it is true. We have so much here in America, and yet we are so selfish and we are so ungrateful at times. Do you realize that very likely we throw out more food in one year's time than the majority of the world sees in a lifetime. And yet, we take so much for granted. Ralph Waldo Emerson observed that if the constellations appeared only once every thousand years, imagine what an exciting event it would be. And yet, the stars appear every night, and we don't even pay attention to it. Martin Luther once said, the greater God's gifts and works, the less they are regarded. And isn't that true? But you know, I think that one of the evidences of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives is when we begin to reverse that pattern, when we begin to take note of all that we have been given and all that we have been blessed with. Turn with me to the book of Psalms, and let's read one of David's praises. Psalms 9, and we're going to look at the first two verses. Psalm 9, verses 1 and 2. David, the psalmist, writes this, I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all the marvelous things you have done. I will be filled with joy because of you. I will sing praises to your name, O Most High God. In just those two verses, we can feel the exuberance that David has for all the things that God has done for him. He's thankful for everything that God has done. And in those two verses, there is a phrase that he repeats over and over again. It is the two words, I will. He says, I will praise him. I will tell what he's done. I will be joyful because of him. I will sing praises to him. This morning, let's break down those phrases here for just a few minutes and think about being thankful. He begins by saying, I will praise you, Lord, with my whole heart. The story is told of an old preacher who was sitting one day in a restaurant having a meal, and he was sitting alone at his table, 
and it, the place was very, very full. There weren't any empty pew, empty pews, empty chairs anywhere in the restaurant except he had a chair across from him. And as the food was presented to him, a stranger walked up and said, would you mind if I sat at this table with you because there's just no other place to sit? And the preacher said, sure, go ahead, and invited him to sit down. And then, as was his custom, the preacher bowed his head, and with his eyes closed, he offered up a silent prayer of thanks for his meal. Well, when he opened his eyes, the stranger said to him, Do do you have a headache? No, I don't, he said. He said, Well, is there something wrong with your food? No, he said, I was simply thanking God just like I always do before I eat. And the stranger went on and he said, oh, you're one of those, are you? He said, well, I want you to know that I don't give thanks. I earn my money by the sweat of my brow and I don't give thanks to anybody for what I get to eat. I just start right in. And the pastor said to him, yes, you're just like my dog. That's how he eats, too. Many people are not very thankful for what God does for them. And it's evident, I think, in a great deal uh, in the way that we are ungrateful for people around us and for the things that they try to do to us and for us. Too often we have an entitlement mentality. And instead of saying thank you, we want more. I just recently heard of two instances that are excellent examples of this. A friend goes to a church that every Thanksgiving puts together food baskets for some of the poor people in the community. And her job was to call these people and let them know that they were going to do this and tell them when they would be bringing it and what they could expect in the basket. And she told me that as she talked on the phone to one of these ladies and she had relayed all this information to her, instead of being grateful, the woman said, well, what will the church be doing for me at Christmas this year? And the other example is that another friend was serving at a soup kitchen in town. And on this particular day, one of the grocery stores in Dover had had a great deal of potato chips that were um, expired. And so they had given them to this place that was doing the soup kitchen, thinking that they could offer them to the people coming there. They were still good, but they could no longer sell them. And the lady said that as they passed those potato chips out that day, that one man came up and wanted to know why was there just potato chips and no dip to go with the chips. Now, you might be appalled at these stories just as I am, but then I have to think and I have to examine my own heart. Am I guilty of taking the blessings that I get for granted? Do I find myself asking for more rather than saying thank you God 
for what I have, too often I know I forget to tell those around me, thank you for the things that they do. And even more so, I think I forget to tell God, thank you for what he has done. I forget to thank him with my whole heart, as David said that he was doing. I know I need to do better at being content with what I have and not looking for ways to get even more. Today, I want to count my blessings. I want to praise and thank God for what he has given me and then just leave it at that. The psalmist goes on and he says, I will tell of all the marvelous things that you have done for me. You know, when something good happens, we like to share that news with other people, don't we? We want them to, to rejoice with us. In Scripture, we see that. We read Jesus told about a shepherd who had a hundred sheep, but one of them was lost. And so he went and he began to look. And when he found it, do you remember what he did? Scripture says that he called his friends and neighbors together and he asked them to rejoice with him about that one sheep. And he went on and he told about a woman who had ten silver coins and lost one of those silver coins. And she looked everywhere she could think of to find it. And when it was found, what did she do? She called her friends and neighbors and she told them about it and asked them to rejoice with her. And then the third story in that grouping is that Jesus tells the story of the prodigal son. And how the father had watched down the road for days and days and days. And when he finally saw that son coming home, way off in the distance, he called all of his friends together and the relatives and he said, Come on, let's party. God gives us good gifts and we need to celebrate and we need to rejoice and we need to praise him when he does those things. I think if we did that more often, if we shared with other people more often the things that God does for us, I think God would give us even more to tell about. I think he would increase our blessings if we would be grateful for what he does for us. And so today, I want to tell others about the marvelous things that God has done for me. David says, I will be filled with joy because of you. The prophet Habakkuk had begun to wonder about God's actions, specifically as it pertained to what we today would call some social injustices. But in the end, Habakkuk became very confident of what God was doing. And in Habakkuk 3, he writes these words, Even though the fig trees have no blossoms, 
and there are no grapes on the vines. Even though the olive crops fail and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. Here was a man who had learned that God would be faithful, that God was true to his promises no matter what circumstance he found himself in. The praise of God not only allows us to forget our troubles, but it deepens our confidence in God. These words from Habakkuk are probably some of the strongest affirmations of faith that we find in all of the Bible. Can you say that you're confident in God's ability to take care of you even when it doesn't look good? Oh, that we would have that kind of confidence and trust in God. There was a young man who went to his pastor and he told him that he had promised God that he was going to give a tenth of his income back to the church. And the pastor realized what an impact it was for this young man to make that kind of a promise to God. And so he prayed with the young man and he asked that God would bless him. He asked that God would increase his career and that his income would increase. At the time that the young man made that promise to God, he was making $40 a week, but he very faithfully gave his $4 tithe every week. And God answered the prayer of that pastor. And that young man began to do very well in his career. And before very many years had passed, his tithe had gotten to $500 a week. Well, that was a lot of money. And that young man decided that that was a lot of money to give to God. And so he went back to the pastor and he said, Do you think that there would be some way that I could be released from my promise to give the church a tithe? Because, man, that's a lot of money and it just costs a lot to do that. And that wise pastor said, Well, I don't know that we can ask God to release you from that promise. But we could ask God to reduce your income back to $40 a week so that you'd only have to give $4 in the offering plate. Folks, what if God took away our income? What if God took away our nice home? What if God took away everything that we have? Would we still praise him? Would we still rejoice in him like Habakkuk did? You see, no matter how much or how little it is that we have, we still must praise God. We still must be thankful for what we do have. God 
created us. He will never leave us. He is always there for us. And He will sustain us day by day. He may just provide for me my very next meal rather than for providing a whole week's meal. But He will not let me down. And I need to remember to be filled with joy because of all that He has done for me. And then David says, I will sing praises to your name, O Most High God. God desires and deserves that we praise him. And one of the ways that we do that is is through songs. Now notice David didn't say, I will only praise you and sing praises to you when I can do it on key. David says, I'm going to do it no matter what. And you and I need to do the same thing. You know, the songs that we sing as we gather together on Sunday mornings, we don't sing those just to fill some time so that, you know, our service takes an hour to an hour and a half. We sing those songs because we want to express to God praise and honor We may not know all the words. We may not like the song that we're singing. But we can still spend that time praising God. There's a story told about the baseball player Oral Hershiser. And the story says that during the final game of the 1988 World Series when they were playing the Oakland A's, that Bob Costas from NBC noticed Hershheiser doing something in the dugout, and he wanted to know what it was all about. You see, Costas noticed that when Hershheiser was in the dugout between innings, that it appeared he would have his head tipped back, his eyes closed, and it looked like he was meditating. And so Costas asked him, you know, what, what is that all about? What are you doing? And Hershheiser said, I was singing. I was singing hymns to myself because that helps me to relax and it helps to keep my adrenaline down because if I think about how well we're doing, I get too excited to pitch. Well, it happened that Johnny Carson saw that interview. And the very next night, Hershheiser was scheduled to be on The Tonight Show. And Johnny Carson asked him to elaborate about that. He said, do you just hum or what? No. He said, I I sing. And the audience in that TV room became very, very joyous and and they started clapping and cheering because they wanted to hear him sing well he didn't want to do that that was something he did on his own but they just kept it up and Johnny Carson insisted that Hershiser was going to sing for them and so finally he said he would and he said what I remember singing the most was a praise hymn Suddenly it became very deathly silent. 
And he took a deep breath and he began. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Join with me. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. When Hirschheiser finished that song, the audience, including Johnny Carson, remained deathly silent. You see, folks, singing praises to God does something to people that preaching doesn't begin to touch. Singing praises stops people in their tracks and it honors God like nothing else we can do. So many people are not used to hearing praise songs and so it gets their attention when we do it. Today, let's praise Him. Let's sing praises to Him. I don't care if you sing off-key. I don't care if you hum it. But praise God. I want to close this morning by sharing with you something that I found that's called What If. What if God couldn't take the time to bless us today because we couldn't take time to thank Him yesterday? What if... God decided to stop leading us tomorrow because we didn't follow him today. What if we never saw another flower bloom because we grumbled when God sent rain? What if God didn't walk with us today because we failed to recognize it as his day? What if God took away the Bible tomorrow because we would not read it today? What if God took away his message because we failed to listen to his messenger? What if God didn't send his only begotten son because he wanted us to be prepared to pay the price for sin ourselves? What if the door of the church was closed because we did not open the door of our heart? What if God stopped loving and caring for us because we failed to love and care for one another? What if God did not hear us today because we would not listen to him yesterday? What if God answered our prayers the way we answer his call to service. And what if God met our needs the way we give him our lives? Something to think about, isn't it? As you celebrate Thanksgiving this week, I hope that you will remember and practice the words of the psalmist. 
I will praise God. I will tell others what he's done. I will be joyful because of him. Yes, I will sing praises to God. Might that be what you do this week and every day. Will you stand with me and let's close in prayer. Father, we come to you this morning and we know, Lord, that sometimes we forget to say thank you. Lord, help us to be able to get to a place where our natural reaction is just to praise you and to thank you. Father, help us to always be ready and willing and quick to share with others what it is that you have done for us. And Father, might we always have a song on our lips and in our hearts, a song of praise to you. Amen.